You're listening to episode two of the Eat Well and Live Full podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into one of the most popular topics when it comes to nutrition and wellness, diets. Yep, starting things off with a bang for episode two. Diet culture is all around us, and the fact that I work in the nutrition and health world means that it's especially heightened for me. Let's just be honest, we are bombarded with messages and ads and programs and experts telling us to control our food in specific ways every single day. I mean, I could probably do an entire episode just on diet culture alone. And I actually have to come clean at the beginning of this episode and say, I have followed a restrictive diet. In fact, I've tried all sorts of different diets before. I practically spent my entire early 20s in some form of restrictive eating and body shaming. That's why I'm extremely excited for today's topic. Five reasons why diets fail and why I believe your nutrition plan should have nothing to do with how much willpower you have. So if you've ever counted calories or weighed your food, followed a strict plan, tracked your body weight, or felt like you were losing your mind on a diet, this episode is for you. Okay, let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. Reason number one why diets fail, you're focusing on calories in versus calories out. I know that you've heard this one before, and I know you've probably tried it. You're counting the calories on your plate and what you're consuming and comparing that to the calories that your fancy Apple Watch says you burnt in spin class today. I know there's a lot of personal trainers and life coaches and health coaches out there still preaching calories in versus calories out as an effective weight loss method. You might even be working with one right now. But I honestly think that restricting calories for weight loss is just an old school and short-term solution that can actually end up backfiring on you. Here's why this is a complete waste of your valuable time. All calories are not created equal. There are calories that fuel us, that energize us, that help us build a stronger body, and then there are calories that actually deplete us and take up our resources and offer us next to nothing in return. For example, eating a chocolate bar versus eating a chicken breast. I mean, I would hope that you'd be able to see that a nice free-range, properly prepared chicken breast is going to offer us a lot more nutritional value than a chocolate bar would, even if they both have the same amount of calories. Calories provide our body with usable fuel, but they also provide us with nutrients. And nutrients, you guys, like protein, fats, carbs, vitamins, and minerals, those are the things that are actually really important for our body to function properly. However, as I just said, we could eat the same amount of calories, so like the calories from the chocolate bar versus the calories from the chicken breast, and receive totally different amounts and types of nutrients. Secondly, our body does not process all calories the same. So for example, what happens when we eat a 250 calorie bagel? Well, this bagel is made up of high amounts of processed and refined carbohydrates. So our body breaks down these carbs really quickly into glucose, which in turn spikes our blood sugar quickly. 
Then we release a hormone called insulin from our pancreas, and that's going to try and drive all that carby fuel you just ate into your cells for storage because your body can't possibly use up all this glucose at once. So then, an hour or so later, you start to feel hungry again. Why? Because your body thinks it's starving. It literally overcompensated for the fact that it had so much glucose or so much free energy floating around that it tried to quickly store it all or get rid of it and save it for a rainy day. So it literally feels like now it needs another hit of energy. So your body starts to feel hungry, your metabolism starts to slow, and you're right back to where you were a few hours ago looking for the next snack. It's also really important to mention that by doing this type of blood sugar spike and drop over and over. It has huge cascading effects on the rest of our body, especially when it comes to hormones. So these two reasons are why focusing on calories in versus calories out is not going to get you results in the long term. And I must say it may work short term. You may lose some weight by restricting calories and trying to expend more calories by working out more often, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for your body. In fact, your body will actually just adapt and start holding on to as many calories as it can because it thinks it's starving and it doesn't know when it's going to get its next meal. I mean, think about it. If you're under fueling and you're exercising, especially a lot on top of that, it's basically like telling your body you're in danger at all times. Your survival instinct thinks that you're constantly out hunting and gathering and looking for a food source in the middle of a famine. So this is not a happy state for our body to be in. It slows down our metabolism, which is exactly what we don't want to happen if we're trying to lose weight, because it's trying to save energy and calories. It messes with our hormones, trying to make us feel tired and slow down to conserve energy. Not to mention if we're in this prolonged restrictive state, our body goes into that survival mode even deeper and it can just be focused on keeping you alive. And so it's not going to be focused on losing weight or fertility and making babies or clearing your acne or decreasing your joint pain or solving your digestive issues or anything else that might actually be going on. But I digress. The point is, it's not sustainable for your body to be in this calories in versus calories out mode. But it's also just not sustainable for your mind. And remember, what your mind thinks, your body hears. Reason number two why your diet is failing you, you're still eating low-fat or no-fat foods and snacks. Most of society still holds on to this disproven belief that eating egg yolks and foods high in saturated fat will make you fat. And this is simply not true. Let me say it louder for the folks in the back. Eating fat does not make you fat. We need to consume healthy fats to thrive for our body to run and function optimally. We use fat to create stable energy, which means no more energy crashes and no more afternoon yawns. We use fat to create healthy hormones, which is helpful for fertility if you're dealing with acne or PMS. We use fat to cushion our organs to support our bodies during stressful times, and to help control our body's inflammation. But most importantly, when it comes to dieting and feeling hungry and deprived, fat is what makes us feel full and satiated and satisfied. So you need to stop demonizing fat 
and join us in 2019. Embracing fat will truly change your life and it'll make you stop relying on where your next snack is coming from. If you want to learn more about why fat is important and how our bodies use healthy fats, one of my favorite easy to understand and easy to jump into books I recommend on this is Eat the Yolks by Liz Wolf. I highly suggest that if you're feeling hungry or you're feeling like that bottomless pit, like you're never satisfied after a meal and you keep turning to snacks all day or all evening to make you feel satisfied, look at the types and the amount of fat that you're consuming, or should I say not consuming. Adding fat to your meals will help regulate the absorption of carbohydrates, which means our blood sugar is not going to get that huge spike after a meal with carbs, and it will provide your body with longer lasting energy. So here are some simple ways to incorporate more healthy fats into your meals. Make homemade dressings with olive oil and vinegars. Cook your foods in coconut oil or avocado oil. Brush your veggies in grass-fed butter or ghee before you roast them. Top your salads with nuts and seeds or snack on nuts and seeds. Add nut butters like natural peanut butter, almond butter, cashew butter to your snacks or even in your smoothies to fill you up. And add avocado to absolutely everything that you can because it is delicious. If you consume dairy, go for high fat sources that have the least amount of processing. So things like whole milk and good quality creams, high fat Greek yogurt. And then pretty, pretty please stop buying all of those low fat products like the low fat yogurts and salad dressings and dips, margarine or that butter spray. What even is that? Watch out for all those packaged foods that advertise low fat. Nuh-uh, no good. Your body deserves so much better. Okay, number three is one of my favorites. So reason number three why diets fail or why your diet is failing you is because sometimes you can feel like you're doing everything right and you're still missing something. So this is a huge part of why I do what I do as a nutritional therapist you could be following the diet perfectly and you're crushing it in the gym. You're even sleeping eight hours a night. You're hitting your daily water intake, but you're not seeing the results that you really want to see. This is because there are other reasons beyond your diet and the amount of exercise you do that greatly affect your metabolism, your weight, and most of all, your body function. The biggest hidden cause of weight gain or resistance to weight loss is actually inflammation. Inflammation is also the true cause behind your acne, your digestive pain, your bloating, your joint and muscle pains, the fact that you can't recover from workouts quickly, your poor sleep, your low back pain, your puffy eyes, and so much more. I also want you to know that your body is different and truly unique. That means there can be a lot of other things going on behind the scenes that are impacting your health. Hormones, immune function, digestive distress, sleep quality, rest and recovery, and of course, my best friend, stress. I'm sorry, but if whatever nutrition plan you're following is not addressing those issues too, then you're going to be out of luck. Your body will keep fighting you every chance it gets. Again, not because your body is against you, but because it's simply just trying to keep you alive. I really want you to just sit and think about some of the other signs and symptoms that your body is giving you. 
It's not just about the weight loss and a number on the scale. So how's your energy? How's your energy when you wake up? How about after lunch? In the evening? How is your digestion? So what I mean by this is, do you get heartburn? Do you get bloating and gas? Do you get bloating and gas right after you eat? Or does it not happen till a few hours after? Do you get stomach pain? Do you get constipation? And my favorite thing to talk about, how often do you poop? Newsflash, every third day is not normal and a big sign that something's off in your body. How is your sleep? Does it take you forever to fall asleep? Do you crash really hard but then wake up in the middle of the night and toss and turn? Or could you literally just sleep for 10 hours and still not feel rested when you wake up? These are all massive signs from your body that whatever you're doing for your diet, it's not supporting your body's needs and your body's function. There is no aesthetic goal in the world that is worth you feeling like crap every single day. I'm just being honest here. So don't forget that your body is amazing and it does all these other processes and these intricate things that we don't even have to think about. It just does them. And the whole point of it is that it's doing it to keep us alive, to keep us moving, to keep us nourished as much as possible. So there could be a whole other underlying reason that your body is screaming at you about, but you're just not paying attention to. The fourth reason why diets fail is because eating less triggers hunger. Restricting your calories means an uptake in the hormone cortisol, which messes with your hunger and satiety hormones called ghrelin and leptin. Leptin is stored in our fat cells. So when we lose weight, or more specifically our fat cells shrink, we actually get a decline in leptin, which is the hormone that makes us feel satiated. Our body starts to freak out a bit because of this, and more specifically our hypothalamus, and it tells us that we need to eat more in order to restore these fat cells and make us feel full and satiated again. This is what causes that extreme hunger or that bottomless pit feeling. And this situation can actually turn into something much more serious and dangerous called hypothalamic amenorrhea, or HA for short. Now, HA can happen in high-level female athletes or bikini and bodybuilder competitors or others who are highly restricting their diet and doing lots of intense exercise. And they'll often get symptoms like loss of period, which is amenorrhea. They'll get really really hungry, like extreme hunger. They'll also have low female hormones. They'll feel cold all the time. They'll feel achy. They can't recover from their workouts as quickly. These are all massive signs that something is seriously wrong. During caloric restriction, the body tries to stop us from starving. It's our body's job to keep us alive, which you have heard me say many times already today. So it slows down our metabolic rate so that we burn less energy or burn less calories. But once we come off this diet and we start to eat more calories or eat back to what we used to, the body tries to return to its previous weight and so it stores a lot of the reserves as fat. So this is what happens when we get that rebound weight gain that we often see after someone's been on a restrictive diet. This is because of something called the set point theory. Set point theory is when your body tries really hard to maintain its comfortable weight range by regulating its metabolism. 
So it will speed up your metabolism when it's being overfed and slow down your metabolism when the body's being underfed in an effort to eliminate large fluctuations in weight. This is why people regain the weight that they've lost when they've dieted. Your body will fight like hell to try to get back to where it was before. This is why your weight has nothing to do with willpower or how motivated you are. Basically, our body wants to be whatever weight it wants to be, no matter what we try to do, within a certain limit. Set point can go up, but it will rarely go down. One of the best ways to increase your set point is diet. Because when we diet, as I said earlier, we get this increase in the hunger hormone to increase our satiety hormone, leptin. But your body may also decrease your thyroid hormones to make you feel fatigued and make you want to move around less. It also increases gastric hormones to increase your hunger too. So increasing our set point essentially increases the body weight or the point at which your body feels most comfortable at. So we don't really want to increase our set point. The set point theory sheds light on why we're not all created to be the same size and shape and weight. It gives us a real research-based evidence approach that no matter how much we diet and restrict, your body is always going to want to sit around a certain weight. And this is why it is so difficult to lose the, air quotes, last 5 to 10 pounds. At the end of the day, if you are really truly healthy, you are not defined by a number on the scale. And trust me when I say that sometimes this sounds really cheesy to hear, As someone who has come from a background of massive dieting and massive body hate, body shame, and always feeling like I've been the bigger girl, I can totally see how you are not defined by a number on the scale. Literally means nothing. But if you are living a healthy lifestyle by eating nourishing foods and getting rest and sleep, moving your body daily in a healthy way, creating a healthy environment for your mind... That is what your body loves, and it's going to find the set point or the weight where you feel your very best. That might just be different than the model on the fitness magazine. And you know what? That's okay. That brings us to the last one, number five, why diets fail. Uh, Let's just say it like it is. (laughs) Your diet plan sucks. Seriously. You either don't have a game plan based on what your body actually needs or you're trying to stick to one that is based on the last four things we've talked about. It's something that somebody else has created and it's maybe worked for them, but it's not going to work for you. Health is not something that happens to you. It is something you have to plan and actively contribute to. Most of us fail on diets because we don't design our health plan for us, plain and simple. We end up setting ourselves up for failure instead of success. We follow some fad diet or a diet that worked for some Instagram chick and unfortunately just might not be right for us or our body. Yes, of course, there are basic and fundamental things that all of our bodies need. These are the secret tools, again, air quotes, secret, I teach my clients so that they can create a solid nutrition foundation before they start to implement anything unique or specific. It's important to mention this piece because let's put it this way. If you were building your dream home, you would not start by picking out paint colors or buying your live, love, laugh sign, Nance. You would start by laying a solid foundation. 
So that way you can put up walls that don't shift. And then you can start to build that house from the ground up so things don't fall apart. So that when you hang your live, love, laugh sign, it doesn't fall off the wall. You can't skip a step. You can't just go to Ikea. You gotta actually sit down and hire a builder. Like you wouldn't hire your interior designer before you hire a builder, right? The same goes for your body. I know maybe that analogy is a bit out there, but just go with me on this one. I totally 100% would love for you to get specific with what your body needs to feel nourished and to thrive. But if you don't have a solid and healthy foundation, it's really honestly not going to matter. So when I say you need a game plan that fits your lifestyle and your body, I mean you need to be building a solid health foundation that's sustainable, that you can stick to long term, that is working and that's nourishing your basic fundamental needs. So that as you learn more and you get this deeper connection with what your body really needs, you can keep adjusting and adding layers to build your own dream body and a specific plan that works for you. And of course, if you want to chat deeper about this or you want to learn more, you can always head to my website, www.wildsparrowwellness.com. That's W-I-L-D-S-P-A-R-R-O-W-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com or connect with me on Instagram at wildsparrowwellness. I really hope that you were able to listen to my five reasons why diets fail with an open mind. Basically, I think that restrictive diets are BS, and I would never ask my clients to go on a calorie-restricting diet. I am so thankful that every single day I see more of my peers and fellow NTPs and holistic nutritionists also preaching wisdom on ditching diets for good. I would absolutely love for you to share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. Let them know that there is another way. You don't have to diet. You can also take a screenshot and share this episode on any social media and tag me in it. I would absolutely love to see where you're listening from and know what you thought of the episode. Okay, guys, that brings us to the very end of this episode, but I just want to say I'm really excited for this new adventure in podcasting, and I have plenty more episodes coming out shortly for you guys, so make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you know when a new episode comes out. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you so, so much for your support, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.